Hello everyone and welcome back to Just One More Opinion. My name is Charlie and we are finally free from the villain that was the year 2020. 2021 promises to be much better than its predecessor, I hope, and it will bring us lots of exciting new movies and shows, some of which produced by Marvel Studios, who is about to start its cinematic phase 4 with WandaVision, a new Disney Plus series which starts streaming on January the 15th, just two weeks away. I thought I would rank all 26 MCU projects that have been announced so far based on my excitement. It's crazy to think that in less than 3 years we will have more projects than in the first 11 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Insane. I love it. So let's talk about it. Okay, before I begin. Let me say that the title says Phase 4, but some of these might actually be Phase 5 projects. The distinction wasn't really made in regards to movies and series that will be released in 2023, so I am simply assuming that all the following installments will be Phase 4. Also, I am basing my list exclusively on my personal anticipation and excitement over each show and film. I'll explain the placing of each project as I go on, of course, but most reasons will tap into characters and MCU impact rather than the actual stories because some are still unknown. So let's just start from the bottom all the way to the top. At number 26, Marvel Legends. After Disney's Investor Day, where Kevin Feige announced some new MCU projects and gave some updates on Phase 4 movies and TV shows, Marvel Legends was really revealed through um, an Instagram post, I believe, as a Disney Plus series starting on January the 8th. So I guess this is actually the first MCU Phase 4 installment? Anyway, and it's supposed to be this recap type of show where each episode will be about one hero, so like the first two will be about Wanda and Vision to set up their show the following week. But I am still confused about what the series will be like, if it's an actual catching up with their story so far, or if the episodes will be like dive into the comics background of each character. I am still trying to figure that out, but because it doesn't seem to be a project that has a huge impact on the rest of the franchise and because it if it is one of the previous two options that I just said it could have been just a, a YouTube video compilation not a Disney Plus show so yeah that's why it's at the bottom at number 25 the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special it's going to premiere on Disney Plus around the holiday of 2022, so probably December. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be something like Star-Lord sharing with the other Guardians some Christmas traditions. Nothing really spectacular or game-changing, just nice and wholesome. At least I'm not expecting something that will have a big impact moving forward with the MCU or with any of the Guardians characters, and that's why this is so low. At number 24, I am Groot. So this is going to be a series of shorts 
animated shorts, I believe, with Groot and other new little creatures having cute adventures together. I am not 100% sure if it's Baby Groot or Teenage Groot or when in the timeline this happens, but I am positive that it won't have a huge impact on the following Guardians adventures and is really being made to capitalize on the, this character's adorability <laughs> uh, and the only reason this is above um, the holiday special is because I am excited to see what other creatures show up because I love it when the MCU gives us more and more alien species Groot and Rocket are so cool as well as other um, like Goose from, from Captain Marvel is also really cool so I'm, I'm excited to see what other new alien species creatures appear on the show at number 23, Ironheart. This Disney Plus series will focus on Riri Williams, another Tony Stark-level genius who becomes an Iron Man-level hero. My issue with this is... Um, <laughs> it's way too, th too soon, I think, to introduce the quote-unquote replacement for RDJ's Iron Man. It's, it's been a year since Endgame, and Ironheart will probably be released around 2022, 23 in the latest. So, yeah, it's really soon. I love that they're setting up um, a Young Avengers team already, as we will soon find out with earlier shows. But they could have announced this project just a little later down the road. Because it's too soon. It's just too soon, I guess. I, I would say, at least. At number 22, Captain Marvel 2. We don't know much about the plot of this one, only that it's being eyed for a November 11th, 2022 release, and that Iman Vellani's Miss Marvel will join Brie Larson's Carol Danvers after the former is introduced in her own show later this year. That is very cool, but I thought that the story of the Captain, America, Captain Marvel sequel sorry, would focus on a very complex awesome storyline from the comics, but apparently that one is going to be used in another project, which I'll talk about later. So I don't know what the plot for this one is going to be, really. Like, the lack of knowledge leaves it pretty low on the list, but don't get me, get me wrong, I'm still hella excited for this movie, especially that its director is Nia DaCosta and not a duo. No offense to Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck, though. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of reasons to be excited, but because we don't have that much information on the story or villain, it is at number 22. At number 21, what if? It is the first ever MCU animated series. We will travel through the different possibilities for some very important plot points inside the established franchise, like... What if Peggy Carter was the one to get the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers? What if T'Challa becomes Star-Lord instead of Peter Quill? What if there's zombies around? Really cool, fun plot lines and scenarios. The animation also looked cool in the trailer. But because of how the, the show works, looking into what could have been, I just don't know how big of an impact it will have on the rest of the MCU. Or if it's just going to be... If it's just going to turn out to be these just 
enjoyable little episodes mixing characters and stories and worlds in a surprising way and nothing besides that. It's set to be released this summer, I'm thinking probably beginning of June or right after uh, Changxi, which is released on the 9th of July, so only a half year away. Maybe I'll get more excited for it until then, but we'll have to see. At number 20, Armor Wars. Don Cheadle is going to have his own Disney Plus show. War Machine is going to have the spotlight finally. And the premise sounds very intriguing. With Iron Man tech falling into the hands of some very bad people. Which can possibly lead to Rhodey fighting the Iron Man villains Tony never did. My hope is that the main villain is Crimson Dynamo. Another armored antagonist who in the comics was the moniker for many people, the first being Anton Vanko, father to Ivan Vanko, the MCU's Whiplash. There may be something there we can further explore and maybe redeem a bit of Iron Man 2 and maybe have Justin Hammer return, please. He was great in that movie. The reason that this is so low, again, it's because it's using our very first MCU hero as an important part of the show. Uh, but here, it, like, comparing it to Ironheart, here we actually developed the familiar character of Rhodey, which I think we desperately needed to do since 2008, because he's only been like a sidekick and not and he hasn't had any car character arc um, as of yet, so that's why I'm excited to see what they do with this show compared to Ironheart, who will, which will be just um, an exploration of a new character and a replacement for Iron Man, really, and that's why this is above that. At number 19, She-Hulk. Tatiana Maslany is going to be playing the titular character, and this Disney Plus show is described as a comedy judicial series um, as a hulkified lawyer has to deal with being taller, stronger and greener than everybody else. In terms of plot, we don't have a lot of info at the moment, but Mark Ruffalo is going to reprise his role as Bruce Banner as well as Tim Roth, who will be returning after 14 years as Emil Blonsky, a.k.a. The Abomination. That was really exciting. I don't think he's gonna be playing the main villain, though. What I'm hoping for is to have Tim Blake Nelson return as Samuel Stearns, who becomes the leader in the comics, and have him as the central antagonist, as well as maybe set up Thaddeus Ross as the Red Hulk. Please, Marvel, make it happen. Also, since Ruffalo is joining, it would be really cool to watch some moments from that 18-month period in the ga game Gamma Lab uh, before we met Endgame's Smart Hulk. Just a nice way to connect the dots and show us what Bruce was doing um, between Infinity War and Endgame. Anyway, the reason this is not higher is because all I, all I did was speculate on story and potential threats. We don't actually have a lot confirmed, apart from those three characters. And to be fair, everything from now on, I am just super excited for. So yeah, let's just move on. At number 18, Blade. 
who is going to be played by Maharshala Ali. Let's not count the, the Netflix Marvel shows as canon because this Academy Award winner already played a Marvel character in Luke Cage. He was the antagonist Cottonmouth and he was awesome. Of course, the deal with Netflix is really odd at the moment and actors have played multiple characters before, so there's no issue really. Anyway, it's really exciting to see the Vampire Slayer return to the big screen after two decades. Blade had been played by Wesley Snipes in three movies, and now he's going to have his time at daylight once more as he joins the MCU. No story details have been announced. I believe the movie should be released around Halloween of 2022, just before Captain Marvel 2. Um, but for now, Marshala Ali is the only thing making this project extra enticing. At number 17, Black Panther 2. With the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman, it has been confirmed that T'Challa will not be recast, and I thought that was the only option they had, really. Anything else would be insulting to the late actor's memory and gift. But I am curious to see how they handle the, sequ the sequel. There are some rumors regarding Shuri and if she will become the next Black Panther, some talk about having Namor the Submariner as an antagonist. I'm down for anything, really. I firmly believe that the project is in safe hands with Ryan Coogler as director and all the folk at Marvel Studios. At number 16, Moon Knight. Okay, <laughs> I am extremely excited for Moon Knight. I think he's such a unique character and the show will probably take some of the bigger risks the MCU ever took with the exploration of the mental instability of Mark Spector and this sort of Batman-ish style of combat and vigilantism. But the reason why it's not higher up is because there is still no official confirmation as to if Oscar Isaac will be playing Moon Knight or if it's someone else. There's no timeline for its release, even though I predict um, an April 2022 release, either before or after Doctor Strange 2. No, so yeah, that would make it uh, after Doctor Strange 2, actually. And because we've known about this project for a, a while now, but have had no major updates about it in the past few months, that's why it takes the 16th place and, not, and is not higher up. Nevertheless, I cannot wait for Moon Knight to join the MCU, and I hope, I hope it's rated R, or the closest to it as possible. Coming in at number 15, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. In an alternate reality, we could have been seeing this third installment of the Guardians franchise this year, or maybe next year at the latest, but for now, I believe, I believe this is the project that is furthest away from us, I think as it is being released in 2023, and I'd assume around May or even in the summer. The cool thing about this project, um, even though we'll have a long, <laughs> to wait a long time until we see it, is that Rocket's origin story is gonna be one of the main plot points, which I absolutely love. In the first and second Guardians movies, there was like some hints as to what happened to, Ro how did Rocket become Rocket, whom, created him, a lot of speculation, a lot of um, Easter eggs regarding it, and 
James Gunn confirmed that this third movie would focus a lot on Rocket story. And I'm so down for that. The other thing is that Adam Warlock might be the main antagonist after we got a tease for him at the end of Volume 2. And Adam Warlock is another great character from the comics who deserves to be <laughs> on the big screen in the MCU as soon as possible. Both those aspects and the fact that we will be exploring more of the galaxy makes me really giddy with excitement for this one. It's just a shame that we will have to wait still two years. At number 14, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, what a mouthful. This is another project that piqued my interest because the main antagonist for this movie is Kang the Conqueror, who's going to be played by Jonathan Majors. Kang is a huge villain in the comics. And since the Quantum Realm stuff deals with time travel, I am so excited to see if we will have more timeline meddling in this third installment of the Ant-Man franchise. And it's, it's crazy to think we started so small, and now we're gonna have dorky Scott Lang facing this powerful villain that is Kang. It's just awesome. It's really awesome. There's no release date as of yet, but with four confirmed MCU movies in 2022 already, I don't know if this if this one will be one of the later uh, 2023 releases. Maybe in February of that year. I don't know. Because if my prediction for Blade's release date in October 22 um, is right, then we would have five movies next year. Uh, uh, um, yeah, next year, and I think that's the top limit for the MCU. Other than that, I, I don't think it's really doable, maybe. Maybe Blade is even in October 2023, and we, we would have a 2023 with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania releasing in February, Guardians 3 in May, Blade being the, late, the last 2023 release in October, and over the summer, my next entry at number 13, Fantastic Four! Marvel's first family is Homecoming, and Spider-Man Homecoming director John Watts is going to be directing this very much anticipated return. No details or casting as of yet, but fans have been casting this team for years now, so Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios probably have some ideas by now. Who, of who we want to see take on the roles of Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, The Thing, and The Human Torch, as well as the, the villains. I have some ideas of my own as well. And later this month, I might even share my fan casting with you for both the teams and their most famous antagonist. And yeah, I'm really hoping for a summer 2023 release because since, whew, since 2015's Fantastic. We have dreamed about having the heroic family back home, and now that we do, they can't get to the big screen fantastic enough, you know? Anyway, moving on, at number 12, Secret Invasion. Whew. 
Captain Marvel the movie gave us a hint at what the Skrulls could become if there were some evildoers amidst their population. While the take on the species was refreshing in that 2019 movie, fans were a bit disappointed that the Skrull infiltration was nothing like the comics. Well, Kevin Feige had a plan all along. We shouldn't have been worried or annoyed because we will be getting a Nick Fury-led Disney Plus show where he and Talos will be uncovering the real secret invasion and finding out who's who or who's what in this iconic comics storyline that is finally going to be used for the screen. The small screen, not the big screen, but still so freaking excited to see what they do with the plot. And hopefully the scroll revelations will leave an enormous impact on the MCU going forward as we will definitely get some plot shape-shifting twists after plot shape-shifting twists. I just cannot wait. At number 11, Black Widow. It has been now 11 years since Scarlett Johansson first played Natasha Romanoff in Iron Man 2. Since then, fans have requested, requested her own solo film. After each move that she appeared on and after each mention of the mysterious Budapest mission with Hawkeye, fans just want to have a Black Widow movie. Well, more than a decade later, our questions, our desires will finally be answered in just four months. May 7, 2021, when Black Widow is joined by Florence Pugh's uh, Yelena Belova, David Harbour's Red Guardian, and Rachel Wise's Malina Vostokov, and someone playing the spectacular vigilante-slash-antagonist Taskmaster. The story will be mostly spent between the events of Civil War and Infinity War, but flashbacks will definitely play a huge part in the deserving exploration of one of the MCU's favorite superheroes. If 2020 hadn't happened, we would be able to talk about the movie and its plot already and not yet speculate about what is going to be happening, but it is what it is and the anticipation hasn't faded away. Fortunately, only a few months left until Black Widow. Whew, I just cannot wait. At number 10, Miss Marvel. Newcomer Iman Vellani will be playing Kamala Khan, one of the most recent Marvel Comics character in recent years. And Miss Marvel has the same energy as a young Peter Parker when he got powers. She's also a teenager struggling with her own personal life and also grateful, very grateful for her new powers. But the character is fundamentally different from Spider-Man, of course, from their powers to their personalities. They have lots of things not in common. Parker operates in New York and Miss Marvel lives in New Jersey. Completely different. <laughs> the only thing that they do have in common is their age range. And that's really one of the reasons I'm so excited for this project, having another young hero leading, leading their own franchise, their own movie. And and getting that just later this year, like, I think I'm predicting a September release, but with the release of my next entry, 
uh, also around that time. We might actually get Miss Marvel in November, maybe, but still later this year. Not a long, lo not a long, long time to wait. Either way, I'm fine with uh, with the decision they they reach because it is so great to see the young Avengers slowly forming. I've mentioned Ironheart. In Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, we will have a slightly older Cassie Lang, hopefully taking on the mantle of stature. Florence Pugh's Elena Belova might become the new Black Widow and the oldest, most exper experienced team member of the team. I don't know. And we already have Spider-Man with Tom Holland still looking very much like a 17-year-old kid. Come on. <laughs> so, who is next? At number 9... Hawkeye. Not just one Hawkeye, but two. Jeremy Renner returns as Clint Barton and he will have a very vital role as the mentor of the next Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, played by the talented Haley Steinfeld. This was perfect casting. I adored this choice. I'm so excited for this project, which will also be released later this year. Guys, we have 11 MCU projects in 2021 alone, plus Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and Morbius, also coming from Sony. So 13 Marvel uh, movies and shows. That's just insane. <laughs> That's just insane. And even though we don't have a lot of story details about um, Hawkeye, just the fact that Kate Bishop will be joining the MCU as a member of the next Avengers rosters roster just gets me super excited and it's just great that the original Avenger Clint Barton will also get a chance to, sh to shine and, we'll, and we will also see more of him as Ronan the vigilante which could be a very important plot point for the development of the younger Archer I'll share my theories on that later this year for now we wait and this time I don't mind waiting <laughs> Marvel just do your thing and do it well, you have time, and we have a lot more of MCU stuff until the end of 2021, okay? So keep it cool. At number 9, Loki. Tom Hiddleston is back as Loki, who is also back from the dead, again. But the explanation now is multiple realities created by the events of Endgame, so okay, fair point. I know Kevin Feige sees in Loki one of the absolute fan favorites and wasting Idelson's charisma while he's still quite young would be unfortunate and not really wise choice, I guess. So they had to make it so that the god of mischief could return in a clever, logical way. And this is fine, I, I love Loki and Tom Hiddleston is a brilliant actor and the way that they're the way they, they're going with the story for this Disney Plus show is really different and unique. Just insane in proportion and plot with time hopping and multiverse exploring being key to this project. And with Hiddleston at the Elm, come on, nothing could go wrong. Um, with its release being in May as well, I think it's great that we fans will get more of a sense of what is to come inside the MCU, or should I call it the MCM now, since they are leaning heavily on the multiverse in this one, which also makes it the perfect bridge between Endgame and the next entry on the list at number seven. 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is one of the longest movie titles the MCU will ever have. This sequel is gonna be crazy. It will closely follow the events of Loki, no doubt. The events of Endgame, now that the good Doctor doesn't have his trusty eye of Agamotto to aid him in protecting the world. And it will also be in close connection with WandaVision, which I'll get into in a bit, since Elizabeth Olsen will reprise a role as Wanda alongside, alongside Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams and Chiwetel Ejiofor. The plot is still unknown, but based on the, the characters and this title, come on, it will definitely be one of the most ambitious, craziest and most bizarre movies inside the MCU and it will indubitably leave a feisty mark on the franchise moving forward. At number six, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. These two Captain America sidekicks will finally have the spotlight in March when they headline this Disney Plus series, where the mantle of the first Avenger and its responsibility play a vital role in the story as the character of John Walker, aka U.S. agent is introduced to step into the shoes of the righteous Avenger, while Falcon and the Winter Soldier figure some stuff out. There's a lot of political tension here, and with Sharon Carter and Baron Zemo returning, this series will feel like a mixture of Captain America the Winter Soldier and Captain America uh, Civil War, without Chris Evans' Captain America, but with more of Sam Wilson's humor and Bucky's inner conflict, and I'm absolutely down for that. Come on. This show will definitely have a huge impact on later installments, but right now there is no clear indication of what that impact might be, although the prevailing theory, and the one I fully support, is that this will lead to the creation of the Thunderbolts team, with Thaddeus Ross recruiting both Zemo and US Agent at the end, after having recruited Taskmaster in Black Widow, since William Hurt will be on that movie as well, and I really hope that's the case. But even if it isn't, I just know that I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of this show, because I love watching Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan work together. They're really hilarious <laughs> together. Just go watch some clips of the actors, like in interviews, it's really funny. Just do it, come on, do it. Bringing us into the top five, we have Eternals. Kevin Feige has described this November release as the most ambitious project they have right now. And after literally going through another 20-something movies and shows, all very impressive as well, hearing this makes me extra excited. We don't know. We don't know much about the story. New to nothing, actually. We only know about the characters and the cast, and those are very remarkable, just wow, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Salma Hayek, Kit Harrington, and many more on this journey through millennia of the MCU as the all-powerful Eternals. I am so freaking hyped. I didn't even know that much about these characters before it was announced. I, I read uh, one of the comic book um, like most famous storylines of them, and it's really, it's really cool. Uh, but <laughs> the reason I'm so excited is if the theories are correct, and these beings are the link 
to the MCU's mutants, which should also get teased in the following weeks in another show, please, just do it so that it makes sense. Obviously, we will get the X-Men at some point in the MCU with the acquisition of Fox, but I think they really need to nail the explanation that, oh, in 12 years of Marvel stuff and the Avengers, there's, there's no mutants anywhere. Why is that? I think they really need to nail that. I think what they will. I think Kevin Feige just knows what he's doing. He knows how to weave every plot line, every movie together. So I'm really excited to see if this movie is going to be what um, projects that, um, that, that team, you know, what, what leads to, what paves the way for the introduction of that team and those types of individuals, the mutants. Let's see. The other cool thing is also the fact that the gigantic Celestials will play a part, at least in the flashback sequences, I'd imagine. And we will get more of an origin and exploration of those also very OP beings that have been mentioned throughout the franchise since 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy. It would be super dope, ooh, so dope, to see the Eternals fight the Celestials thousands of years ago. And just imagine if nowhere, the location of the Collector's Vault, which is a severed head of a Celestial, Imagine if that was left there after a brutal intergalactic fight between that enormous being and our new heroes. That would be awesome. I'm sure all sorts of connections will be made in this movie. Maybe even links to the Infinity Stones and Thanos, let's hope. But because we don't know much about it still, it's not as high as the other four entries, the top four entries on my list. At Number four, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Before Kevin Feige announced this project, I also had no idea who Shang-Chi was. But now that he is having his own project and finally paying off the Mandarin cliffhanger slash plot twist of Iron Man 3, how can I not be excited for this movie? It's going to be a mix of martial arts tournament films and Marvel superhero Ron Jor. And that combina combination, to me, to me, is perfect. Also, I am really happy that it's going to be the first MCU movie with a majority of Asian talent, cast and crew, because I think it's about damn time that this blockbuster franchise starts actively being more diverse, exploring characters and cultures we haven't seen before in a superhero movie. And I hope that Feige and Marvel Studios keep on producing the stories of those who don't see themselves that often represented on the big screen, especially in these types of films. And just give the space and time for everyone to have the attention and adoration they truly deserve. Black Panther was a fantastic movie with a beautiful cultural impact. And I hope that the master of Kung Fu, Shang-Chi, played by Simu Liu, and the story of this film just create a similar effect on the world and on the franchise. Shang-Chi will be released in July of this year and I am praying that we get a trailer very, very soon. At number three, WandaVision. 
If we don't count the weird and confusing Marvel Legends show, then WandaVision is the very first MCU Phase 4 project. And this Disney Plus series is going to be very weird and confusing, which I absolutely love. If you have read House of M, um, <laughs> if, you ever, if you have read that, or any comic book stories that heavily rely on Wanda Maximoff's presence, you know, you know how powerful she is and how her reality-bending abilities are a serious threat to the fabric of the universe of the MCU. Bringing back Vision from the dead and have, having this TV channel-hopping setting, it's really weird and fun and bold. Just something so cool to, to kick off Phase 4 and explore the mental stability or instability of Wanda. Maybe this show will not be for everyone, but to a fan who knows his stuff and knows that Wanda has the capability to create mutants in some very clever Kevin Feige way, then you should know why this project is so high up on my list. And the fact that in two weeks, We'll be getting our very first episode. It's also one of the reasons I am so damn excited for that one. But, but next week, I'll, I'll explain like with more detail why I am so eager for this show. Because I will be exp um, uploading a special episode on WandaVision, just some, some thoughts and theories on it, before it's released on January the 15th. At number two, Thor. Love and Thunder after, to after Thor, Ragnarok and Taika Waititi's spectacular reinvention of the franchise and the character. It was a clear choice for Kevin Feige to bring Taika back for a fourth Thor film, making it the very first MCU character to get more than a trilogy. Chris Emsworth will be back as Thor, Odin's son, but Natalie Portman will also surprisingly reprise the role as Jane Foster and become the mighty Thor. When it was announced, it completely flipped my mind. I was not expecting Portman, Portman's return at all, let alone this storyline. And then, <laughs> oh my God, when Taika Waititi shared with us in his Instagram post or whatever, which comic book storylines he was basing the movie on, mm, speculation started regarding the main villain. And when rumors about the amazing Christian Bale joining the project also arose, those speculations grew stronger. And then last month on Disney's Investor Day, when Kevin Feige turned our theories into fact and confirmed that Christian Bale would be playing Gore the God Butcher. Yes, 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 that's when my mind completely went AWOL. Oh my Odin. This was huge. <laughs> I haven't actually read any Gore comic books because I don't have that Marvel, that many Marvel, um, comics uh, with me, but I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on the character and his backstory when the theories began, and I gotta say, <laughs> this is gonna be perhaps the most 
awesome film in phase four even more awesome than doctor strange 2 or the the number one movie on my list because gore is so op and poses such a big threat to thor and all the other gods i'm so curious to see if any other similar characters make an appearance like hercules or Ares. that would be super dope but the movie as it is right now with the talent of Christian Bale added to this villain, to this very powerful villain, it's already enough to make the hype train run on full steam. It will not slow down for any reason whatsoever until the 6th of May of 2022. Only a year and a half to go. Oh my god, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. OMG, 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 OMG. OMG. But coming in first place, the third Spider-Man movie, which is the only MCU project with no official title yet. It's just Spider-Man 3 for now, but it will probably have home in the title to follow its trend, even though I wouldn't mind not doing that because it'd be kind of cheesy right now. However, everything, everything, I mean, everything about this project gets me more and more and more excited. Spider-Man might be... No, okay, Spider-Man is my favorite comic book character of all time. It was the very first Marvel or DC superhero I ever came in contact with. It was really what led me to my adoration for the genre and the MCU. I remember, I remember watching the Spider-Man 1994 animated series with my younger brother when we were kids and then playing like all the Spider-Man PS2 and PS3 games as well. It was really the, the superhero character I loved more than any other. I don't know, um, I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy when Spider-Man joined the MCU finally. And I'm really glad that Tom Holland is Peter Parker because he's young, he looks young, and he's fit, and he's talented enough to be the web slinger for years to come. And the great thing about Spider-Man, um, like the, the, the one of the great things that I've always been allied to the Spider-Man character is his rogues gallery. There are so many Spider-Man villains. We have seen some inside and outside the MCU uh, in previous films. And <laughs> right now, the only thing I'm dying to see, the only thing I think many of us are dying to see in a Spider-Man movie since The Amazing Spider-Man in 2012 is the introduction of the Sinister Six because it was teased at the end of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 but that movie was a total flop and now that Sony and Marvel Studios have joined forces and we have seen some of the original members of the, the villainous team inside the MCU as the Vulture and Mysterio were the main antagonists of the first two Spider-Man MCU movies now there is a chance a really good chance that this third film will be able to put Parker against that iconic team of baddies which will definitely pose a big real threat to our hero now that the world knows who Spider-Man is.
That Far From Home post credit scene was wild. Really left us hanging at a cliff, my friends. And if all I've said so far wasn't enough to get you hyped. It seems like this movie mm, will also play into the Spider-Verse storyline in the comics with Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx already confirmed to be reprising their roles as Dr. Octopus and Electro respectively from the previous two Spidey franchises and with rumors of more villains also having cameos in this third Spider-Man movie as well as maybe Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield themselves returning as our friendly neighborhood spider people. Mm, this movie sounds insane. It just sounds, just sounds too good to be true. Just too good to be true. I hope it doesn't turn out to be just too convoluted, as this is a really big risk. But I do believe in Feige, I believe in Marvel, and I am so happy that we'll get to see this movie in less than a year, when Spider-Man swings to theaters in December, perhaps in the company of other slingers. We shall wait and see. And that's it guys, all 26 future Marvel projects ranked based on my excitement. I can't believe how many movies and shows we're gonna get in the next couple of years from this franchise alone. It's insane and it's expanding, so I'm loving it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Send me an email or a message through my social media accounts and tell me your thoughts about the MCU's phase four. I would love to hear one more opinion on this, but that's all for today. This has been just one more opinion. I've been Charlie and you have been wonderful. Take care and goodbye.